welcome to another episode of the Red and White Authority brought to you by Labatt Blue. I'm Daniela Bruce alongside Art Regner. And today we have a very special episode for you. But before we get to that, I want to remind you to like and subscribe and do whatever you got to do to make sure that you're seeing the Red and White Authority every week. It releases every Thursday and we have some fabulous guests on this podcast. Plus, you get to listen to Art and I. And I'd say that's a bonus. I know it is. Okay, good. I, I enjoy listening to you, and you, I think you do a fabulous job. I enjoy listening to you. Are we the only ones that enjoy listening to us, well, though? A mutual admiration That's society. I, I think I'm talking to Steve Eisenman right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, special edition podcast. Red Wings are on break, but there is a very fun and exciting event coming up at Little Caesars Arena. Art and I look forward to this every year. The Duel in the D, Saturday, February 10th, Michigan State and Michigan Hockey facing off at Little Caesars Arena for the Iron D Trophy. And this year it's going to be exciting because both teams are pretty dang good. They are both very, very good. I mean, State is eighth in the country right now, leading the Big Ten by a wide margin. Uh, Michigan is 12th in the uh, – in, in, they're fifth in the Big Ten, but 12th, 12th in- uh, rated 12th. Pairwise ranking is 12. We know the top 16 teams get in, but with t- tournaments and all that kind of stuff – 12, unless Michigan wins the tournament, the Big Ten tournament, they don't get an automatic bid. 12 is kind of a little iffy spot. And, you know, and this is a team, in, in Michigan's case, that has a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, they score a lot of goals, as usually Michigan does. I mean, they're second in the country at 4.71 goals a game. And their power play is number one in the uh, NCAA with uh, – 38%. They're at a 38% clip. So it's going to be great in state, obviously, with Trey Augustine in yes. net. Uh, you know, the, all that kid does is win games and win gold medals uh, internationally. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And for those of you listening that may not know who Trey Augustine is, he's currently playing for Michigan State. He's their goaltender, and he's a Red Wings prospect drafted in the second round of the 2023 draft. So the Red Wings have him in East Lansing. They're keeping their eye on him. And he brought home gold, played goaltender for USA yeah, World Junior Team. He's won a gold medal for Team USA in the U18s and the U20s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's phenomenal. His record, his record in international play – if it isn't the best of all time, it's right up there. And you know, and Trey is a very unassuming young man, uh, as we know. And uh, it, it, it should be great. It should be great. Whenever Maize and Blue and Green and White hook up, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, uh, an intense, competitive game. The rivalry is intense. And you know, when that uh, Iron D Trophy is uh, up for grabs, you know, those teams want it. You know, no one wants to actually lift it because it's so heavy. Too heavy. But they definitely want to win it. It's way too heavy. So we've got Trey Augustine, a Red Wings prospect on Michigan State's team. There's also another Red Wings prospect on Michigan State's team. That is centerman Red Savage. And an interesting story for Red, he transferred from University of Miami, Miami, University of Miami, Ohio. I'm saying that right, aren't I? University of Miami, Ohio. Uh, Miami University of Ohio. Well, it used to be Miami of Ohio, but (laughs) they just want to go up by Miami University now. They don't want to be, they don't, you know, it used to be in the olden days, it was Miami of Florida, Miami of Ohio. Neither one of them, you know, wants to go by, they just want to go by by Miami, the Red Hawks. Yeah, they just have to make it difficult. Anyway, the Miami that's in Ohio. Okay, we'll put it that way. Not the Miami that's in Florida. Miami in Ohio. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, the point is, Red Savage transferred from there to Michigan State, and he told us why. There's a lot of things that obviously go through your mind when you're picking a place to spend the next couple years. Uh, 
playing for and, and living in and uh, being close to home was a, a mm -hmm. great, great start for, for Michigan State. And um, I think just the development side here, everyone here wants you to get better. The support staff, all the coaches, all the uh, everyone in the weight room, everyone wants you to get better and, and not just peak for, at times that they need you the most. They want you to develop as a, as a human and a hockey player. So that was a, a big decision for me. Obviously, Adam Nightingale is one of the best coaches in college hockey right now, in my opinion. So, um, and I also wanted to win, and I knew coming in that that these guys were ready to to make the the next step and uh, really recruit a lot of new new faces around here and and bring back some of the the best players from last year. So, uh, it's it's really kind of a all around decision, and I think uh, Michigan State really checked all the boxes for me. Well, we're happy that we get to see Red playing at Michigan State. I think a, a good decision for him with Adam Nightingale there. And obviously for him, his development is still trying to get to pro hockey, right? And he said he gets to work pretty closely with the development staff now, too. They're so close. Adam Nightingale is one of the premier coaches in college hockey. He develops talent. It, it, it's a good move. And, you know, I always say this because you hear from fans so many times about, oh, this guy reneged on this school or mm -hmm. he's transferring, you know, now with the football transfer portal. I mean, kids are here today, gone tomorrow. But I never begrudge any young man who makes a decision because it's his future. He has to be happy with it. It's his life. Whether he spurns your favorite team or not, oh, well, I guess, you know, they're a big deal. You know, you can, you can live with it. And, you know, but I, you know, I wish uh, Red Savage, obviously, nothing but the best of luck. And I'm, it's difficult. It's difficult yeah. to leave Miami to, to come to Michigan State because of the legacy of his family. But, hey, you know, he made the right decision for himself, and best of luck to him. And he and he's almost, I think he's a point a game if the last yeah, time I checked. Yeah, he's been really the, good the, so the, the far this stats. So he, he, you know, it's a good move for him. Yeah, it's it's made sense so far. And he talks about it in that interview. If you want to hear the full thing, you can listen to a previous episode of the Red and White Authority that features him and Trey Augustine. That full interview is there. But he talks about the fact that his dad played at Miami. His brother played at Miami. And part of the reason he decided to transfer was his brother graduated. And he was honest about it. You just heard it in the clip. He wanted to win, and Miami wasn't in that position while he was there. So he went to Michigan State. Winner. Right, definitely, and it, it, well, you, I can't argue with you. Yeah, there. not for not not for hockey. You know, I mean, you, you know, for a long, long time. I mean, trust me, when Red Berenson took over Michigan, oh, yeah. they were they were not very good, and it took a while for him. Yeah. You know, to uh, I think it took five or six years before they even qualified for the tournament, or even were. You know, back then it was the old CCHA, but, you know, to win championships mm -hmm. and compete for it. But once they reach that level, Michigan has not really dropped off. They've had some dips and valleys, but, uh, you know, Wolverine hockey is all about up and down offense. And, you know, I used to call him, you know, Red developed the old, you know, he was part of the original Montreal Com Canadiens, the Flying Frenchman, and Michigan plays that same way. They're a very up and down team, very aggressive, want to score a lot of goals. Uh, and then State under Adam Nightingale, is similar, but I, you know, but they play pretty good defense too. And then when you have Trey Augustine and Net, uh, you're pretty solid. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to say about the duel in the D two. We have two really good interviews that I want to get to fast here because we've got Brandon Narado and Adam Nightingale, the head coach of each school, each yes, team, yes. joining us on this week's episode. But the duel in the D, if you don't normally get the chance to watch college hockey, because let's face it, it can be hard to get to East Lansing. It can be hard to get to Ann Arbor, depending on where you live in Metro Detroit, right? And plus, tickets to those games are hard to come by because the buildings are small and students like to pack them. They're fun games to be at. But if you get a chance to come to Little 
Caesars Arena and watch some college hockey live, especially this rivalry, you should do it. Without question. You really should. I, I would also say, I think if you go to the Duel in the D, and you better get your tickets because this thing sells out. So if you, you, and you should do it. It's, it's great. It's affordable. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's the Red Wings home arena, and you're watching you know, uh, the two premier college teams in our state with respect to Western and Ferris and everybody else, Northern and, and you know, all that. But I'm just saying that, you know, really two of the premier universities in our state going at it head to head. I guarantee you, whichever school you're a fan of, you might be compelled to maybe uh, look into Yosai Serena or Munai Serena. Maybe Definitely. go up there and make a, a weekend trip to see uh, some good college hockey. It's a wonderful sport. College hockey's come a long way. A lot of, uh, I think right now, in the last stat that I, that I read, I think like 35% of all NHLers played college hockey. That's pretty good considering probably... 25 years ago, it was probably, you know, and Brett Berenson might have been the first collegiate ever yeah. to play uh, college hockey, the former Michigan coach, uh, you know, still one of the best ever uh, U of M hockey players. But I'm just saying, so, I mean, it's come a long way. That It's it's right up there with everything. You know, I, I mean, no, no offense to any other leagues, and they're all great, and they all develop talent, but college hockey's right there. It's incredible, and you really should come down and experience it. But as I said, we've got two really great interviews, so let's get to Brandon Narado. I'm with Michigan head hockey coach Brandon Narado, a good Livonia man. Uh, it's always good to sit down with someone from uh, the city of Livonia. Uh, in case you don't know, I'm also from Livonia. Uh, all right, I'm looking at the standings here. Currently fifth in the Big Ten, 5-7-2-0-1-1. Overall 12-9-3 because the Big Ten plays shootouts and stuff the NCAA doesn't recognize. So the records look a little bit askew. But how would you describe the Wolverines' year so far? Oh, that's a loaded question. We've been through so many uh, momentum shifts. I, I think early in the year, we're playing some really good hockey on Fridays. And then on Saturdays, we going into the third and maybe gave up some leads. Then we ran into the injury bug. Uh, we're playing with 10 forwards and at times 5D uh, going into the Christmas break. Got healthy, but still playing some good hockey and finding a way in different times. Um, going into the Christmas break, had some uh, guys get uh, healthier. We had some other guys go win gold medals at the World Juniors. So everyone's coming back, feeling good. And then uh, I think we've been doing some really good things and playing great hockey. Uh, we played two tough teams in Michigan State and Wisconsin the last two weekends. And in my opinion, we pushed the pace on, on Friday and had some good games and got the win. And then on Saturday, we, we let our foot off the gas a little bit. But uh, that's what happens when you play good teams. They make a push. And we're just finding ways to close out games and close out weekends. And if we can do that, uh, we'll be in a really, really good spot going into the playoff push. You know, I, I have to ask you about your forward core real, real quickly. I mean, they Michigan's always been stacked at forward. We know that. I mean, up and down, uh, you know. Power play is number one in the country, 36.5%. And, I, you know, I'm not making it up. It's truly 36.5%. You're averaging second in offense, 4.71 uh, goals uh, per game. How, there's, how do you manage a team like that that's so high-end and coach them? Is there enough, I guess, puck to go around? I think that's why they're doing it. Um, first thing I would say is you have to have really good players to have a good power play and to score goals like that. Um, but they're doing more than just showing their talent. They're working together, even the power play. It's both units. It's not just one unit. Uh, I don't think we have a guy in the top 15 in goals on the power play, but we have the number one power play. So just to compliment to them on how they share the puck and uh, – 
they want everyone to be involved, and it's, it's been working out so far. Yeah, it really has been. And, you know, I, I want to get into a quick pair rise thing because I still don't understand it. And, you know, everybody says, well, as long as Michigan's in the top 16 in the pair wise, you know, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. But that's not how it works because Correct. there's automatic bids and all that. Is there a number in your mind, pair wise number, that Michigan has to get it? At 12, you're kind of on that cusp, right? We are 100%. And that's reality. And we've talked about that. We got to worry about the first five minutes of uh, Friday night's game, but it, it's important to understand where we're at. I would say 12, you're watching the selection show and you're really nervous. If you're at 10, you should be okay. Um, okay. Our goal is, you know, obviously we want to be playing our best hockey at the end of the year, getting into the tournament and then, um, you know, taking as many Big Ten and pairwise points as we can along the way. All right, you're playing, it's the duel in the D for the Iron D trophy, which Michigan in this kind of dominated lately. Uh, State has really turned it around. We talked about this last year when you were here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, huge game. Uh, you played in it as a player, as a Wolverine, and now you're coaching in it. How would you describe the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry? Well, I think you've seen even in the last couple of years how that rivalry's gone. We had a hundred and something minutes at Munn last year and then uh, 168 penalty minutes on the Friday night a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I have a lot of really good buddies still that, that played at Michigan State while I was a player at Michigan, and, and your good buddies off the ice, but when that puck drops, it's completely different, and uh, I don't think it's any different right now with our guys. Uh, both teams are in a position to, to do good things in the future, and, and both programs are in a really good spot. I think it's great for youth hockey in Detroit. I think it's great for hockey fans in Michigan in general for, for both teams to be good in a, in a deep Big Ten, and um, it's going to be a fun weekend. Well, you know, I remember you as a player. You're a little bit rough and tumble. I mean, you were a little ordinary <laughs> guy. Uh, but you can't be that way as a coach, or are you? Are you, like, f peeling paint off the walls before they take the ice here at uh, Little Caesars? Arena? No, it's it's their locker room. They shouldn't need any motivation from me. It's definitely, as a, as a newer coach, it's tough to, you know, they, they read off our energy and Sometimes you think you're a player and you want to say certain things or do certain things, but uh, you know that you can't, and you just got to act the right way for our guys. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, MSU has turned the corner. As we said, Adam Nightingale, we talked about that. I always thought in Big Ten hockey, I would rather see Michigan and Michigan State more so than Minnesota and Wisconsin dominate Big Ten hockey. How, with Michigan State making this push, how good is that for the Big Ten and maybe for the state of Michigan, the hockey in the state of Michigan. I think it's great. Um, that's that's how that's what I knew growing up is that Michigan, Michigan State. You know, uh, it's a split right down the middle, and uh, different teams have success in different years. But I think it's great for them to be good. Um, we want to play them and have it mean even more uh, when you have success against them. And I think it's great for the Big Ten. Like same thing with Wisconsin. Uh, they were last in the Big Ten last year, and, and now them and State are fighting for first place. It's it shows the parity in college hockey, and you know credit to both those coaches with what they've done uh, since they've joined those programs, and I think everybody wins. You know, this game is usually a sellout. I mean, it is a sellout, so fans, if you want to get tickets, you better get quickly here. But uh, uh, my point being is is that you know tickets are tough to get at Yoast. Tickets now are tough to get, get at Mon, but this is an NHL arena. 
Um, can you talk about what fans can expect to see two premier college hockey teams in an NHL arena do battle? No, it's going to be fun. Even going back to last year, overtime game, Luke Hughes scores with 0.1 seconds left, and everyone's going wild. Both these teams, from a style of play standpoint now, um, especially offensively, I, it's going to be really good hockey to watch. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of hits. There's going to be a lot of goals, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a good story to tell after that weekend. Now, I know you said it's their room, meaning the player's room, but, I mean, you're talking NHL arena, sellout crowd, huge rivalry game. How do you make sure that, you know, Michigan doesn't spend it all in the first two minutes of the game or something? I mean, how, how do you get a feel for your team and let you know, yeah, we're on the big stage here, fellas, but we still have a game to win? Yeah, honestly, I don't even think we're talking about that. These guys have been on the big stage uh, in games like this in the past, at the Frozen Four the past two years. We've played in front of a sold-out Mariucci for the Big Ten Championship the last two years. Um, and then guys just won gold medals against right. Sweden in Sweden. Yeah. So um, the good news is they're used to this, uh, the majority of them. Um, so uh, it's my job to calm them down, not rile them up. And uh, like I said, those guys take care of the locker room and they'll be ready to go. The Iron D, the Duel in the D trophy, which is, I guess, seven years old. I don't know if it's COVID or something, but uh, State won it the first year. Michigan has taken it the... Uh, last six years, so you know obviously they're going to be motivated to get that thing back. But I just want to ask you, this is my final question. The, the Iron D trophy, the heaviest trophy in all of sport or one of the heaviest? Because you, you, you will need more than your captain and your two alternate captains to, to lift that thing. It's heavy, right? Hands down. It was uh, very close to my office the last couple of years, and it is the heaviest trophy in all of hockey, 100%. <laughs> and when you accidentally bump into it, when you're not paying attention, you walk by you're in trouble too. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful trophy. Don't get us wrong, yeah. but it's heavy. Oh, yeah. uh, you know how, do you know how much the Stanley Cup weighs? 33 pounds, is that right? Yeah, it's like 35, 36, right okay. around there. This thing is 80 at least. It's got to be, yeah. It's yeah, uh, it's a big boy trophy. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah really. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart or the weak, that's yep. for sure. All right, Brandon Dorado, head coach at the University of Michigan. It's always great to catch up with you. You know, big fan. I've known you a long time, and, uh, uh, yeah, I just love the brand of hockey Michigan plays. I'm confounded at times as an alum. Why? why let, let's get that national championship, all right? But we're, uh, we're fighting for it. Yeah, well, I know you are, and and I'm there for you. But hey, best of luck in the duel in the D. Again, fans, if you want to see Premier College hockey, these are two of the very, very best, Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, and tickets will go fast. But uh, Brandon, I, I say this and I mean it. May the best team win, but my heart's always with Michigan. Thanks for joining us. I know where your heart is. Go Blue. Thanks, Art. <laughs> Thanks again to Brandon Nerano, and don't worry, Spartan fans. Up next, my colleague, a Spartan in her own right, Daniela Bruce, caught up with the head man at Michigan State, the one and only Adam Nightingale. Daniela? Daniela Bruce joined now by the head coach of the Michigan State Spartan hockey team, Adam Nightingale. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I know you've got to be super busy with how great Michigan State is playing this year. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's been a fun, fun year, a fun group of guys. And I think what we've really enjoyed about the group is they want to be a, a team. You know, it's not about any one guy. And they, they come to work every day and try to try to make our program great. And uh, we're not there yet, but we've had a good, good start to the season. Every one of your players that I've talked to has been very, very complimentary of your coaching style, how much they love to play for you. Why do you think your your style is translating so well with this group of guys specifically? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think it's our whole staff. You know, I think yeah. identifying a, a staff that, um, you know, we always like to think that we coach our, our players the way we want our sons to be coached, you know, and um, that's uh, having a high standard for them, hold them accountable, um, give them a, cu- a kick in the butt if they need it, yeah. put, put your arm around them if they need it. And I, I think just players want, uh, they do want a relationship with their coach, you know, and that doesn't mean buddy-buddy, but, you know, one that's an honest one. And um, and we want the same, you know, that's what we really enjoy about coaching is getting to know our players. And um, we got a group of guys that have bought into, you know, wanting to be coached and, um, there's a certain humility with the group. I, th- I really enjoy that about the group that, um, you know, if you think you've arrived. Um, so I think it's identifying the right players mm-hmm. that want to be coached that way. And then, um, I mean, like we said, our, our staff just thankful they allow us to do it. Well, one great event is coming up at Little Caesars Arena. It's the Duel in the D, which is Michigan State taking on the Michigan Wolverines. And it's always so much fun when these two teams come to Detroit because Fans that love Michigan State and Michigan don't always get to go to Munn or they don't always get to go to Yost to see a game. So to bring that rivalry to Detroit is the best. That's awesome. Yeah, no, especially growing up in the state and watching yeah. it, you know, as, as, a, as a young hockey player and watching the rivalry and then you get the chance to play in it and then now, now, now coaching it. And, you know, I even said to our guys, like, you know, I, I worked to Detroit for, th- for three years and um, last year was the loudest I heard LCA. I mean, when you put the, those two schools in the same building in a, in, a, in a tight hockey game, and obviously we have a ton of respect for, for their program. And, you know, I think it's important, uh, you know, the state of Michigan is such a great hockey state, mm-hmm. and um, we need to do our part by making the rivalry great, and we're, we're trying to do that. And um, I think this, this matchup will be the same. Well, your team has definitely taken steps, and now this game is going to be even more, the stakes are even higher. Two of the top teams in the country facing off, and, some of your players, like I was talking to Red Savage and Trey Augustine as their Red Wings prospects. This is their first time actually playing in the rivalry. Do they get that? Do they still feel the vibe? Like, what's the vibe leading up to games like that? Yeah, I think they, they do, you know, yeah. because they're just being on campus and, you know, all of our oh, other yeah. sports, you know, so seeing the, the, the rivalry there. And then those particular guys who spent mm-hmm. a lot of time, obviously Trey's a, a native a Michigander and, and yeah. Red spent a lot of his, his youth uh, hockey in, in the Detroit area. So um, those guys are really, really uh, familiar with it. Yeah, it's excellent. And I did want to ask you specifically about Trey Augustine, obviously him being a Red Wings prospect. Fans are definitely keeping their eyes on him and what he's been doing at Michigan State this year and so far it's been pretty incredible yeah I know he's had a great start to his career as, as a Spartan here and you know that's not really surprising for us we knew when, when we got him he's a he's a you know, not only a special goalie but a special person and um you know I think what really stands out when you when you watch him is um he's so calm in that mm-hmm. you know and I think that's such a great quality for a goaltender Ryan Miller that you know played here that was probably his best quality he, he found a way even when the team was maybe getting you know taking some taking some blows and to making it look easy and there's a certain calming presence to Trey and um, I think that that affects the rest of our team. And the rest of your team as well. Just what are some of the best attributes that you're seeing this year? You know, I think, I think again, playing team hockey. You know, I think yeah. that's one of the hardest things in sports now is, and just especially in college athletics now, is um, making sure that it's always about the team. And, and there's so many distractions out there and there's a lot of noise out there. And um, But but I, I think the guys have really bought into wanting to be a great team. And, uh, you know, I never want to take that for granted. I think that's our job. Our number one job as coaches is to unify the group mm-hmm. and make it a team. And, and then I think that just their work and compete level. You know, we watch them. Obviously, our fans get to watch them on game day and watch them play, and uh, we get to watch them in practice. You know, and I think that's really where you improve as a team, and you know, the buy-in from our guys of how hard we practice and how we hard we train, and it's good to see them get results. Just the last question for you regarding the duel in the D. If there's a fan out there that might be considering going to the game and has never seen a college hockey game or a Michigan-Michigan State rivalry game, why should they buy that ticket and be there for the game on February 10th? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, 
you know, obviously you got the rivalry piece, so there's there's a passion on both sides, and then you have the student sections, and you have the bands, and I mean, I just think with college hockey, we we play so few games relative to mm -hmm. pro hockey, and so the the every game really it's almost like a playoff type game, and the the pace and um, the energy that's in the building, and um, both teams laying it on the line, and and then you, and the crowd being into it. I mean, it is a special special thing. I think for a lot of our fans this year, you know, because our, our games have been sold out, you know, yeah. so there's a lot of people in town that want to come watch us that haven't had a chance, and obviously there's there's a still some time but I think those tickets are going pretty fast to at that LCA mm -hmm. so if you're interested in uh, going to the game I advise you to get on the tickets awesome thank you so much Adam we appreciate your time awesome thank you all right, everybody, this episode is just filled with great interviews because I have our two-minute minor guest today, and we're kind of doing a little baseball hockey crossover for this one. Craig Monroe, former Tiger and current analyst on Valley Sports Detroit. Craig, you just hit the horn, the goal horn at LCA to kick things off for the Red Wings. Describe that experience because I imagine it was top five in your it's entire life. It's, it's definitely way up there. Listen, I look forward to coming here and get a chance to pull the pull the horn, right? Yeah. To blow the horn because – and then I also got here and they gave me this nice little care package, right? And I looked in the bag and it's Craig Monroe's Red Wings jersey, number 27, and I lost it. I'm like a little kid right now. I am giddy right now. Okay, is there any chance that you get on the ice? Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah. I can tell you right now, <laughs> there is no chance of getting on the ice. I, I'd like to believe I had good balance and I can skate up, but I've tried it and it's never happening again. All right, so we're sticking to fields, grass. Yeah, with cleeks. You know, okay. I can go grab the grass with my with my spikes and keep me, you know, keep me up. That ice, I mean, these guys are amazing. How fast they can skate. I mean, the quickness, the speed of the game. It's just next level. So. Becoming a huge fan. Now, y'all got to remember, I'm from Texas, and I've moved here to Michigan now. This is three years, and now I love coming to these games. Uh, there's nothing like watching it live, and so, yes, I'm here. I'm a fan. Okay, so Simo's a big hockey fan, but there's some Tiger news that, of course, I have to ask you about. Colt Keith Ooh. just signed a very rare deal, a unique deal, having not played a major league game. What do you think about the young Colt Keith and his, his deal with the Tigers? Well, I, I was very surprised because the Tigers have never done that. They've never signed a player that has never played in the big leagues, but I have to admit, like, with Scott Harris is at the rim, like, I'm excited the fact that, you know, they think enough of this kid to go ahead and wrap him up, sign him right now. When I look at the skill set, his power, his consistency as a hitter, he's a pure hitter. They might have got him for a bargain. The yeah. fact that he got it, they you know, gave him the six years, $28 million deal. He's going to be more productive, and I think he's going to over, you know, he's going to be better than that contract. Yeah, it's amazing. We're it's so amazing. excited. And Lakeland, just a couple of weeks yeah. away now. Baseball's going to be back. Hockey's rolling. It's great to catch up with you, Simo. Always fun to see you, Danielle. This has been Two Minute Minor with former Tiger and current Valley Sports Detroit analyst Craig Monroe. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Red and White Authority today. We'll be back next week when the Red Wings are back in action.